0: I don't think I'm ever going to sit down for one of these episodes, one of these specific episodes, one of these episodes for this specific series <laughs> mm-hmm. and not feel weird, not 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 in like a negative way, not in like, ah, oh, we shouldn't be doing this. but in kind of this like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> like mm-hmm. it just for some reason, every other franchise that we've worked through, every other <laughs> film that we sit down to review. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is I like, you know, all right, put on the Movie Man hat and this is what we're doing and, and you know, just getting up to bat the way, the same way we've done it for 270 other, you know, it's just like what we do. <laughs> right. Something about this is just like, especially the way we're ramping up now here in the next mm-hmm. little bit and getting real serious about like knocking these out, something <laughs> about sitting down and reviewing Scream is just like... You know, because up until I saw the first, uh, up until I saw the Scream movies for the first time, like a year and mm-hmm. a half ago, yeah. uh, they were a joke. Like it was, I don't right. know, it was the campy, stupid, <laughs> y- you know, it was up there with all the other dumb, like slasher type flicks. And so right. it's just like f- for us to be reviewing it and to be reviewing it with the, the not not necessarily seriousness, but like the... The, the commitment to reviewing the commitment, them that we yeah. have
1: commitment yeah it's weird
0: it's weird <laughs> but it's weird here we
1: are in the year of our lord 2023 and uh-huh. reviewing scream
0: yeah hello and welcome
1: <laughs> welcome to the movement podcast i am peter that is my screaming co-host brady
0: not currently
1: not currently maybe no. later in ten days, maybe like literally ten days out from the new I'm one, I'm so freaking maybe excited, be. man! I'm so <laughs> excited.
0: I am honestly, it's like the critic reviews have come in for it now, and it's like mm. one of the highest reviews from the franchise. And like, it just it sounds like it's so good. And you've been avoiding I'm, the trailers because you don't want any spoilers oh, yeah. as far as like who's in it and who isn't. And
1: John, and, they could CGI John Wayne in this new one, and I wouldn't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But no, I'm. It's it's, it's uh I'm, I'm, excited. I'm very excited.
1: I'm excited just to go back into theater again. I feel like, you know, I've seen Avatar 2 this year. I saw Titanic. I almost I sure said did. Titanic 2, but it's Titanic 3D. Titanic, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Titanic 2, rest in peace. Uh I I feel like just we are not that far removed from like earlier on in this podcast where like the rest of the world. We movie theaters were closed and I just missed going, seeing new releases and just sitting in a theater and getting a good bowl of popcorn and having fun. So I'm just excited to just be living in our element where like we're living the dream of, you know, seeing a new flick in a couple weeks and going to talk about if it's good or not.
0: Well, I mean, you just got to start committing to you got to get on this MCU train. You got to get caught up with the MCU stuff. (laughs) Be like a movie a week. Yeah, because Carl and I, Carl and I just did. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Right. <laughs> right. and and then I and then I've got Scream with you, and then right around the corner is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume oh. Three, and right mm. around the cor- corner is the Flash. Right. So
1: I might be on board for the Flash. I've come around oh, for my be. excitement. You gotta be man. I watched a Michael Keaton movie recently, and uh, just got my juices flowing. Yeah,
0: Mr. Mom or
1: something. <laughs> no. He was a cop in
0: this movie. Ah, uh, RoboCop, yep. RoboCop <laughs> no, is, he, no. is he in RoboCop? He was in the remake. In the remake, okay. he's kind of like the... He's he's the guy that... I don't know if he's like the police captain or mm. what he is, but he's, I, he's the guy like pushing the RoboCop program. <laughs> See, yeah. that being said, he's also a police captain in that
1: um, 2010s comedy film called The Other Guys. And I he plays a it. really funny... Uh, cop, and like he always quotes TLC lyrics. And, uh, okay, like he doesn't realize he's quoting them. Anyway, point well, being, well, and Michael that's the Keaton. thing.
0: Like people, people now forget because Michael Keaton's done so much like more serious stuff. But that was mm-hmm. like comedy was Michael Keaton's thing, right? Like when he was cast mm-hmm. as Batman, that was everyone's like, <laughs> what, <laughs> Mister Mom? You're gonna cast Mister Mom as Batman? <laughs> Was he? Was his
1: humor like a dry humor, like saying something flatly? Um. Or was
0: he? No, I mean, it's kind of all ball. over the. He was, he was okay. diverse, right? Because then yeah. you've got things like Beetlejuice, right? Oh like uh, yeah, Beetlejuice. That's true. Yeah, and that's not like a dry, no. straight laced comedy. That's like a goofy over no. the top, almost no. like a Deadpool level. Yeah, kind of comedy. Right? Yeah, yeah. So
1: that's an interesting comparison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Scream 4, the
0: fourth Scream movie. screaming again. scream <laughs> After 11 years. Yeah, it's quite gap. the gap. Mm-hmm. Quite
1: mind the gap, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, we'll get into it, but it, it's
0: not, we're not in Kansas anymore. It's, it's some things have changed. hmm It's also worth it, just before we jump in yeah. to, like, I don't know if you've got trivia or do, you, like, initial Not for this, questions? no trivia. Okay. We'll be jumping in. Um. This is the final film, Okay. not only in the franchise, but in the world, directed by Wes Craven before Wes Craven passed Uh, away.
1: um, Oh. I wonder if that'll be interesting to see how how that translates to the film going, like to number five.
0: Wes Craven, who of course brought us things like The Hills Have Eyes, he's the mastermind mm. behind The Nightmare on Elm Street, Right. Right. Like just a, a yep. horror icon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Scream 4. And I think he like, because Scream 4 came out in 2011. I think he passed away in like 2012. Mm, it wasn't long bad. after.
1: I didn't know that. That's too bad.
0: Or or maybe a couple years later, but I think he was sick. I think he was sick mm. for a bit. But okay. he was still, he was like, he was in his 70s hmm. when he directed Scream 4. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. I, I, and I love that. I love that. Like, you know, you could have you could have a guy who directed like real grisly, awful <laughs> horror back in the seventies, and mm. you know he's gonna he's gonna be an eighty five year old man on set <laughs> directing the most because it's just those guys like right that's, that's their MO. it's in them right yep. they've got the they've got the eye for it and that's what they like and to them that's like old-fashioned monster movie-making Hollywood Mm -hmm. stuff. And you do it with the blood and the guts and the the whatever else. And that's, you know, like the Stan (laughs) Winston bloody gut effects type of thing. So, yeah. Hmm. So, initial impressions. Um, Yes. I'm going to say right off the bat, I think that this is, at least up until this point in the franchise, this Mm -hmm. is the best opener Okay. This is the most entertaining yep. opening, um, and we'll get into that. We'll talk more about the opening. Um yeah. I think it's the most entertaining opening. I think this is not the worst one in the series. I don't think it's the best one in the series up until this point, um, but certainly not the worst. Mm. And it is... And there's a little, little bit of foreshadowing because there's another big, like the, the next one comes out in 2021.
1: Yeah, so another, right? yeah. Big so you get
0: another 10-year gap. Mm-hmm. This is the last one that I would say is straight up campy. Oh, hmm right like and and mm. they sort of veer away from it a little bit like in the modernization yeah. the fact that this is 2011 like it's yeah. it, it feels a little bit more serious at times yep b- but it's still pretty cheese like there's <laughs> there's some moments where you're like yeah. you know okay I'm sorry they're in the store and they hear the cell phone ringing from outside in the trunk <laughs> what? <laughs> what 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 is right. happening with
1: the what's what? <laughs> true. I never thought of that
0: um but I it, I think it's entertaining, I think it's fun. I think it's a testament to the the sheer magic that is the Scream franchise that a franchise like this with this kind of premise is four films in and still entertaining and mm. still you know not always knocking it out of the park with mm-hmm. with convincing motives but never flat-out dropping the ball with motives either. Like, the movie never right. ends and you go, oh, come on, that doesn't, you wouldn't, no, no, no. Like, it, there's still always enough connectivity to, to the lore and to the previous films and, and everything else. I think, it's, I think it's quite a feat that four films in, it's still entertaining. right. Compared to other, you know, you get, you reach like the fourth Friday the 13th and you're like, (laughs) what is even happening here?
1: Like, (laughs) or what I imagine John Wick 4 would be like, or however many John Wicks. uh,
0: Yeah, the fourth one's coming out. I haven't seen any of the John Wicks yet, so I can't, I can't, I don't know. But it's just that like over the top, ridiculous campiness of slasher films where it just Mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe they, maybe they put some money and some effort and some thought into the first one. But then it just became like, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, know, Scream 17, Ghostface goes back to hell one last time, or, you know, (laughs) whatever it is. And you're like, oh, okay. He was in space (laughs) in the last one, right? Okay. uh, Yeah. Uh, What are your initial impressions?
1: Yeah, it mirror a lot of what you said. You know, I think the first thing I'd say is the nostalgia of the 90s is obviously lost in this. And for me, that's a big problem. and. That relates to not only just 90s films that I enjoy, but with the campiness that came with the original ones. There are moments that are campy, and so you don't lose interest in this one, but it is weaning. Um, And just even like things, you know, where characters are getting phone calls on iPhones or getting text messages on iPhones. And even though it's kind of corny and like dated in its own way, just the fact that there's someone like live streaming what he's doing. It's just a very different vibe and feel to the real nostalgic elements that I enjoyed about the, the earlier films. And I would say this film and I, I would say this is probably my least favorite of the four, not by far, but I would say it's the least favorite of the four. And I would say this is easily the most gruesome. Oh of yeah. The four. Like, like they it just it up. went, they turned it up a lot. Like girl has like, her colon hanging on a bed at one point, like they
0: just. Ew. Well,
1: that's,
0: <laughs> that's one of those <laughs> that's one of those coffee enema things. I think. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have if TikTok, but I think I think I think that's I think everyone's doing that on TikTok.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so I'd say it's my least favorite of the four. But what I will say, and we'll get into this, like you said, the intro was very interesting. Um, and although it was my least favorite. I think the payoff twist, maybe not of the, I would say number one, the film number one has the best payoff twist. This might have the second best. I think it not only what I found surprising, but to the characters that they built up and the motivations that they had, it actually made sense to me and it didn't seem like a huge stretch. I say that maybe in quotes, like it's... When you write all these events on a page, they're corny and silly and not realistic. But I, 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 it made it worked for me, I guess, is what I'd say is the payoff. So The,
0: the best one, obviously, still being the first one.
1: Easily, yes. Yeah. That, sorry, that's right. So the yeah, best yeah, of yeah. two, three, and four. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I think I've got a mixed bag going forward. I think I'm obviously excited to continue with number five and then it's with six coming out in a few days. But I'm a little starting to get nervous now. And maybe even a bit more that now that you said Wes Craven is involved in the next two. And I'm just worried, you know, with these next two that are coming out, is this going to get really watered down? You know, it's, it's going to be even less nostalgic. You know, I'm just, I'm hoping that the themes and the vibes are there for me. So that's that's my only concern.
0: In my opinion. So obviously I don't know anything about the sixth one. Haven't seen it, sure. haven't, you know, whatever. Um, The twist in number five for me is second only to the first one and not second by much. Interesting. Oh,
1: whoa. I feel like the second part of that was like the juiciest part. Yeah. was wow,
0: the, the twist number five, I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> this is the most believable Bible. You're like, okay, wow, yeah, all right. All mm-hmm. right. I can see why you're doing this. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, So, as is with any other Scream film, Mm -hmm. just this, like, uh, the who's who of slasher films uh, with the cast, (laughs) right? So, we've got Alison Brie. We've got Emma Roberts. We've got uh, Hayden... (laughs) I can never pronounce her last name. Hayden Pan... Yeah.
1: Now, I'm looking at her picture. What should I know her
0: from? Um... She is in several things. Oh, God. She's in Remember the Titans. Um, no, she
1: must have been a young child in that. Uh,
0: yeah, because that's like 2000, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. God, what is she in? She's in... I mean, she did voice work in Hoodwinked, which, mm. right, I mean, you're not going to... No. You won't know that. Um, bring it on again. Okay. Bring it on Hero, again. Heroes. Heroes. Uh, heroes. Okay. I love you, Beth Cooper. Um... Uh, to 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 racing stripes, which was like mm. a hor- like a I don't know was it Disney or what it was. It was a child actor. You'd know sure. her as a child actor.
1: Yeah, because I'm seeing here probably a lot of spot played, spot starts on like uh, Malcolm played, in the Middle and things like yeah, that. yeah. Voiced
0: Dot in a Bug's Life. Okay.
1: Oh oh okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So like yeah. not
0: not a nobody. No. Not a nobody in the world. Not huge, but but not a nobody. Yeah. In yeah. the world. Uh, ah, yeah. Kristen Bell is in this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna Paquin. Hmm. Anna Paquin, you would know from she plays Rogue in the X Men movies.
1: Oh, sure. The one yeah. with
0: a silver streak in her hair, who can't touch anyone, or she like steals right. their powers. Um, <laughs> right. So she's in this. Obviously, you've got David Arquette. You've got mm-hmm. Nev Campbell. You've got Courtney Cox. Mm-hmm. Um and then Lucy is it Lucy Halley or Lucy Lucy Hall mm. is in this, um, who isn't in a lot of things prior to this, um, but plays a, a significant role because she's uh she's Sherry in this. So
1: mm. yeah. And um did you mention I don't think you did. For me, I recognized Anthony Anderson, who was one of the deputies. Yeah, okay. Um, he plays in a few... He's in um, Martin Scorsese's The Departed. He's in a few things here and there to, that I recognize him from. Yeah, nothing worth and mentioning.
0: Did you yeah. miss... Th- <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's,
1: that's it. I think that was his uh, first Academy Award, so there you go. Anthony
0: Anderson, definitely. he's he and You know, he plays... I mean, he's in Transformers. I think the first thing mm. I ever saw him in back in the day... If I can take you back to 2003...
1: Oh, I know where you're going with this.
0: Was a movie named, called Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> oh Lord! Have and you know what? Kangaroo Jack is not good, but for me, it's nostalgic. <laughs> right? It's him and Jerry right. O'Connell. Christopher Walken mm. shows up in that movie. Um oh. Michael Shannon's in it. Hmm. You know, it, it's I. It's just funny, right? Like it's yeah. it's the the jacket ends up on a kangaroo, and they have to go. Like it's a typical early 2000s right thing. Yeah, but he was in Barbershop. Oh, he, he was in. He's in scary movie, which is kind of ironic. Yes, yeah, that's
1: interesting. Yeah. Did you skip over the biggest one? That was a surprise for me. Did you say Rory Culkin?
0: Well, I did not. I did not say Culkin. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I found
1: that surprising.
0: No, I left him. Uh, I left him <laughs> home alone. <laughs> just because he's always, you know, there's like my older brother can do it. Why can't I? <laughs> yes, we have a McCulkin kid in this. Yep. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Lots of star power. Lots of. Star- if I, I would say, I feel like less. Fun was poked at the friends references. Like I feel in the previous two there was a lot of like, you know, let's talk about David Schwimmer, let's talk about Friends cast members. And they kinda dropped that a little bit. I think they got the stab references more in the beginning sequence. Yeah. And, then and they I, just
0: kinda Yeah, I think at a certain point you have to You can't be a one note franchise. I'd be fine with that joke. Make,
1: <laughs> but that's just me. I yeah. you're right. I'm not disagreeing.
0: Yeah. So there you go. Mhm. Big cast. Very star-studded. And uh,
1: I I feel like Emma Roberts plays a pivotal role in this obviously. And I feel like she's one of those Hollywood faces that I recognize and that is famous, but I don't know why she sh- like why she is so recognizable. Who's that, sorry? Uh Miss Roberts. Emma, Emma Roberts. Roberts. So yeah. Emma
0: Roberts is in um She's in *We're the Millers*. Yeah, um, she's okay, in a movie yep, called *Nerve*. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Which *Nerve* was kind of a big *Nerve* is like a, a bizarre. Not a lot of people know about the movie *Nerve*, mm-hmm. um, but it has like Dave Franco in it. Yeah. Um, uh, who else was in *Nerve*? A bunch of people. A bunch mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. really, you know. Um, I think Jamie Fox shows up at one point hmm. in Nerve. I could be hmm. wrong. Um, yeah. So she's she's in a, a bunch of things, but Where the Millers is is one of her more mm. notable recent. She was in Valentine's Day,
1: right? I think that's what I remember for
0: Aquamarine was a when she was young. She was a she played um in two thousand seven. She played Nancy Drew.
1: Oh, okay. It a Nancy Drew movie.
0: So, again, she's like... Oh, and
1: apparently American Horror Story as well.
0: Yep. Huh. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Girl with the Tramp Stamp Tattoo, which I've never heard of until just what? right now, but it sounds awful.
1: Actually, like, that's a real yeah, film it's, it's that it's you've just actual, read?
0: That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a short. It's a three-minute short. Girl with the Tramp Stamp Tattoo. Oh. Did not win okay. any awards for it. No. Uh, interesting. <laughs> So, yeah. So, uh, let's talk about the beginning. I, yeah, because I, I, I dropped a big or I had a hot take where I said, like, I think this is the best opening that we've had. Even Um, more than number one. Interesting. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to compare anything to number one, right? Because, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know that there's a better antagonist than Billy Loomis Mm -hmm. and Stu Mocker. Yeah. Right, I don't know that there's a better cold open than than Drew Barrymore getting, mm-hmm. you know, sliced and diced. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know right. that there's a better twist than you know. I'm the I'm the son of the you know like yeah. Yep. It just I I don't know, but this was so good to me because it gets you twice mm. right so that the movie starts out and it's like that typical like okay two girls in the house and they're gonna get murdered and like this is all gonna go horribly wrong and sure enough one of them gets killed and then we get up on the screen all of a sudden instead of seeing Scream 4 we see Stab 6 <laughs> and it's like it's funny because you're like oh mm. okay it's a it's a callback to sort of the meta self awareness mm. that these films have that there's this parallel there's this cinematic universe happening within the cinematic universe that is is yeah kind of like mimicking like art is imitating life type of thing um and so you're like oh okay that was that was that was a good one that got us
1: <laughs> okay now there's
0: two girls sitting on the couch and they're watching stab six something really bad is gonna you know the phone rings and blah 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 and it's gonna mm-hmm. be this really awful thing and sure enough one of them dies mm-hmm. and then instead of getting scream four on the screen we get stab seven <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's hilarious and it's so because it is it's still like these are still intense murder scenes mm-hmm. but it's It's lighthearted, and it's it's tapping into something that other horror franchises can't (laughs) tap into. Right. Because they're not Scream. That's true. And then we get our proper... Yeah, then we have one more murder scene. (laughs) And then we get Scream 4, indicating that, yes, this is, in fact, actually the start of the film. But just, Mm -hmm. like, the layers of meta, where... Not only did we just see a stab movie within Scream Four, mm-hmm. but we saw that even the stab movies are meta <laughs> because this, the 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 trick opening that we just saw happened also happens in one of the stab movies. Right. Yeah. And I there was just I to me that was brilliant.
1: You know, I think it's brilliant. And that's a good point because I never considered that. Like, you are the only franchise that can tap into this IP that you have, right? Like, you're the the only kid on the block. So, that's an interesting point. Only you can do that. And so, they do do that, they lean into it. And I think I just, it's meta and it has some really fun implications as far as like what they're doing with it. I think it's also just funny and kind of whimmy too. Like, it's just when I'm watching it and I realize what's going on. And it's almost kind of farcical too, as, as it's meta. And just when they're alluding to, like, I think it was like Stab Five they were alluding to, where there's time travel. <laughs> like yeah. They made maybe chuckle going, like, okay, like, you know, it's, a, I guess it's a comment on how wild and ridiculous these films can get. And well, um, all we're not quite Scream, there in Scream 4. But,
0: <laughs> but all of, like, that's the thing. The entire Scream franchise. Mm hmm. Is a parody on the genre. Yeah. It's yeah. it has its scary moments, it still has its murder, and it still has whatever else. <laughs> but the the entire franchise I think is intended to be mm-hmm. a parody on on the 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 hack and slash genre. Right. Right. So I, I it, it it does it. Flawlessly. Mm.
1: Yeah. No, so. I agree. It's it's a very good intro, second, second. Maybe, and, and you know, probably better in some ways to number one, just because of the opportunities that are afforded of the things and things that they can reference in number four.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So, this was Let's, your first time seeing this?
1: Yeah. And you know, I... I'm still happy that we're going through this series and it still has something there for me. You know, I still like seeing the, (laughs) even though you've kind of, you, you made my day that I found out David and Courtney were married in real life, but it's also ruined my day now that I know that they're not really together anymore. But that being said, I'm still happy that we've got these original characters left I do. I'm aware because I listen to the movie news, and I I know some things. Like I'm understanding that at least one main character is not included in number six for more. Nev reasons. yeah, Nev, Nev Campbell's
0: Campbell. not going to be in it. Not. Um, it just basically said, "I you're not going to pay me enough." So yeah,
1: and but, so I think I'm I'm still happy with number four. We've got still a lot of good original characters. Um, there's there's some elements that I'm maybe opposed to or not as not as into like the teen campiness of it that we've that we've got like kids doing live streaming and whatnot but it still has elements that that kind of I enjoyed in the first one you've got this dweeby police officer you've got uh I guess and I you know I guess something that number four has that the others don't is the the strained relationship of Courtney and her, her partner aren't right there like they are married they're together they're not antagonistic with each other or competing with each other and then having to reconnect you know there there was that awkward tension between corkney cox and the female deputy where she says your lemon squares tastes like ass but <laughs> but but, but- You know, I guess what I'm trying to say is this one still has original characters. The original characters are doing enjoyable things to a degree, and you've still got the campiness and the original touch of, you know, David being the law enforcement and being the sheriff in town and still, even though there's the sheriff now, and even though there's text messages and things that ruin the vibe a little bit for me, there's the realism of just in hecticness and panicness. There's still sequences where it's still a bunch of people scrambling where not everyone is up to speed of knowing what's going on or someone is still not out in in the loop and you have people running around you know in a hospital room and there's still dramatic irony where you're oh, like man. look behind the curtain and not everyone knows who's doing what and so it the the as like I said the nostalgia is a little bit lost but there's still enough to go with
0: There's so still is- enough to go with is the game still working for you? And by that, I mean, it, you know, for me, part of being able to sit and watch a scream movie is this sort of. It's like a. It's like a play detective along with it, mm-hmm. and try to piece it together. And you know, you could almost like you could start the movie with like one of those little clue <laughs> notebooks, right? And like you know, keep track of, like, people's alibis and people's motives and people's, you know, whatever else. And and for me, that's so much of the enjoyment. Is that mm-hmm. still in, in motion for you?
1: Well, that's a good question. I feel like as much as I might have complained about some of the campiness is gone or how it's different. And, like, I'm thinking specifically even, like, when the girls are in the room and then the neighbor is at their house and the campiness just seemed different just because it seemed just so unnecessary to have police outside and you could be a text message away from calling for help or asking for help and not utilizing it. But all that being said, I'm still drawn into the scene of wondering who is egging them on on this phone call when the the screen caller ID says it's someone, but is it really that person? And we've got the police doing their round checks at night. And yeah, absolutely, the game is still there. Especially, we have the deputy who has lemons. Oh, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, especially when it's been proven so many times over now, that it could be more than one, too. Absolutely. So seeing someone there, you're not like, yeah. oh, okay, well, this, guy's in, this guy was in the room when it happened, so it's obviously not him. No. Okay. Nope. Is he... Nope. You ha- You almost have to watch him more to mm-hmm. go like...
1: Step by step. Is
0: he in on it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. The game is still there. Even to the point where at the climax of the film, we've got the deputy who has lemon squares that taste like ass. And we don't feel comfortable. She's with our main characters and they're alone with her. And, you know, we don't fully trust her. And uh, Neff Campbell leaves. And, um, you know, obviously it turns out that, that that deputy was not shady. But, you know... It, there's always speculation and second guessing. So, if, yeah, for me, the mystery is still there, and you've alluded to this before. the The, the magic is still there at the beginning of the, of this film. We're not going. Why are we here? We're going. Why, are, like, who are we here to try and catch? You know, who are we trying to guess is the killer this time? It's not a question of why are we making another film. It's a question of how soon or how long will it take me to answer this fun question?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Even
1: though I said this is the least of the four, it's still part of the journey. It's still fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Um It's it, this is it so you're saying it's the least of the four. For me, I think
1: uh, And just for context, I, I have it tied like it's right neck to neck with number two. So I've got like number two than number 4. And I think I gave number 2 just a bit of a nudge ahead because it took place in like 99 or whatever nostalgic era it took place in.
0: Right. I I think this is I think the for me the only one that's worse than this one really is number 3. Okay. Yeah. I uh, just in like I don't know. Uh, anyways, doesn't matter. But No, it does. Like the
1: the payoff in number 3 was a stretch and it I could was a live, big stretch we need to talk about this payoff but i li- could live with this payoff nine times out of ten compared to the other one yeah i think i think for number three the, the, i think i just really loved mcdreamy being a detective yeah. and us not always trusting him at times so number three worked for me i think more than maybe most people
0: and i bought as as crazy as the motivations in number two were i bought that <laughs> more than this one Oh really? Yeah, okay. just because it's like yeah. it's a it's an angry vengeful mom, right? Yeah, who's like on on paper. You're right.
1: That yeah. does make sense. I think just the way it played out for me didn't work. God, I but can't let's... wait for you to see number five. <laughs> vengeful dad. Let's get into this one. <laughs> let's get into this yeah, okay. twist because I think what worked for me again. I think maybe if I dropped the word realistic or something in my initial impression, that I would take that back. That's nothing in this is realistic. I think just what works for me is I get it. I can relate. So this sounds weird, but I can relate to this character. I can understand this character, you know, living in a family where everyone is drawn to what happened to her cousin. I forget exactly the relation, but you know, I can understand maybe the mental health Results that have led to her feeling this way, not that that's normal, not that that's okay, but it makes sense as a character for me, and it's an interesting character point for me, so I think when it happened, not only was it shocking, and I would never have guessed it, but then I also went like, "Ooh, you are really messed up, but I get where like I get the richness of making you this messed up as a character to have an interesting An interesting way to wrap up this story at the end. Yeah, I think that's what really worked for
0: me. I think it was i I think I think the whole climax, both climaxes, because there's kind of two climaxes here. Yeah, that's there's the stuff going on at the house. Yep, and that's you know like you have Sydney hanging off of Eve's troughs and everything (laughs) else, and it's it's like, but it's it's intense. It's a high action, high paced. Yep. You know, slasher chase. S-
1: someone getting stabbed through a mail slot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so you have all that and you have the reveal. And yeah, it, it, like you said, it's a couple of things. It's it's bitterness. It's because, again, we have two people kind of behind the scenes here. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think I think for me, like the real moment, the real like twist moment is when she's like you know, she can see Culkin tied up to the chair mm. and she's answering the questions. She's answering Ghostface's quiz. And <laughs> that's a, that's an intense moment. Like oh, I, yeah. they really make you feel that like the pressure of these questions. And, and then she runs out to Culkin and then he stands up and stabs her. Yeah. Oh, that is an amazing moment. Yep. It's such a good moment. You're like, Oh, what? Yeah. So to me, that's, that's golden. But then, so yeah, you've got, you've got the bitterness. You've got fame seeking. Yep. Right. There's the, you know, I'm going to be the survivor of this and, and the, the books that are going to be written about us and the, you know, like whatever else is going to be, you know, we're going to be famous. And then there's also just like there's yeah there's the fame, there's the bitterness, and then there's there's this third point that I had in my head, and now I'm stalling until I can <laughs> remember what I was gonna say. Uh <laughs> fame, and then and then oh, and then just the fact that they're like they're sheer copycats. Right. Like they're, yeah, they're comparing, yep. they're constantly referencing Billy and do, And that, you know, like it, it, it not it's like there's, there's sort of a little bit of like idolization that's happening there. Mm-hmm. The, the Billy and do were these like legends for yep. what they did and how they did it. Yeah. And, and so there's, you know, and, and there's, there's a lot of symmetry, right? Like the fact that it's like, okay, like, you know, stab me cause you get away. And then, but Ugh. she really goes and stabs him and does not Ugh. want Culkin to survive, right? Like
1: she lets him yes. have
0: So there's that climax. by
1: the, cold-blooded. Too, yeah. There's man.
0: that climax, but then there's the hospital climax. Yes. And the yep. hospital climax is freaky as hell because nobody, mm-hmm. like, because she's getting away with it. Mm-hmm. And so that's scary now because mm. Sydney's there and fairly incapacitated and here comes the killer to finish the job and and the killer, like she's got the perfect cover, the perfect disguise because everyone at the hospital and the media and everyone believes her to be an injured. She's a victim. She's an injured yeah. survivor.
1: Even in the end credits, there's still people miss,
0: oh, yeah. mis- re- misreporting it. Yeah, yeah, right. And and it, this is also the first screen movie that really ends in a way. Like talk about how the film ends. Just kind of laying on the floor. That like it's it. Say that again. Well, it, it, yes. Just talk yep. about the way the film ends. And she's just like lying there on the ground. <laughs> and the shot that the film go- cuts to black on right is this is the first screen movie that really ends in a way that is like let's let's talk about the fact that this may like things may come out of this there may be more of a through story that they're trying to set up there may not be hmm. Right. But it's the first yep. one that doesn't end in like, oh, the wind blew the door open. I'm <laughs> going to leave it open. Right? right. Like yeah. it's it's got its it's got a real kinda <laughs> feel to it. What's interesting is um and this is worth n- noting, that Kirby, who's played by Hayden Pan, Pan- a- tiri mm. um, it's never she's the one that's stabbed by Calkin. It's yes. never really determined whether she survives or not. Hmm.
1: I think I just assumed she died, but I think you're right.
0: Because Wes Craven's intention was for her to take over for Sydney as kind of the lead in five and six. Oh, interesting. Um, but I, like I, I tell you right now, she's not in five. Mm. I don't know if she's in six, but she's not in five. No. So it's just an interesting... You know, twist. Yeah. it it's someone who's left open for who knows. Mm-hmm. I don't know who knows. She hmm. could show up. She might not show up. You know, right. a big yep. player in the next two. And this is, I mean, this is public knowledge. It's not really you know or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and something that I think is going to save six because I've seen the trailers for six, <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm looking at it going like when I first saw the trailer. Not only did I love the trailer. Hmm. But I haven't heard like everyone who loves this trailer. I haven't heard anyone go. Ah, but it's missing Nev. Hmm. I think they're make. I think they're gonna make it work. And and a big star in these films now, she's like she's plastered all over the posters. She's, you know whatever else is mm-hmm. Jenna Ortega, hmm. who is famous for having just played Wednesday in the. She played Wednesday Adams in the Netflix Wednesday show. Oh, okay. So she's like top of the world right now. She's like, sure. as far as fame goes as an actress. This is it. She's yeah. she's the hot, hottest thing. She's it. She's it. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 interesting. It's I, I can tell you that <laughs> it ramps up from here.
1: You know what? We can't complain better or worse, we can at least agree that Courtney Cox's hair wasn't as bad as it was in number three.
0: And I don't think it ever will be again. Like, I don't see how <laughs> that Pee Wee Herman bullshit here to manage to make, oh, it, make its that way was through. Bad. That, was, that was pretty oh, was bad. So rough. So rough. <laughs> um, do you have anything else to talk about? No,
1: I think that's about it.
0: Okay, so, sir, on a scale of 0 to 10, how would you rank Scream 4?
1: I gave it a 5 out of 10. It's okay. right down the middle. Um, you know, it's at the bottom of the four, so I go Scream, Scream 3, then Scream 2, then Scream 4. And I, I put Scream 4 at the bottom just because I felt like number two has a bit more nostalgia. So I still enjoyed the ride, still enjoyed playing the game of Clue, you know, who did it, where did they do it, and, you know, what did they use and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, still still fun, and I'm still excited going forward maybe a little cautious but um better to have realistic expectations than overhype it
0: absolutely 100% what do you give this out of 10 i give it a 6 out of 10 so sure you know the similar comparable yep respectable and um could could have been better could have been worse <laughs> That's very I, fair. it's got some it's got some really great moments in it um Yep. The weird the weird thing for me, I think that's honestly something that knocked it down a bunch was the whole film's got this weird like smudgy glow over it. Mm. Like it like visually it's like the whole film is slightly out of focus and has uh. this like warm glow filter applied huh. to it. And it's just odd. And it's I mean it's it's representative I think of a lot of films From this time. Hmm. And so I, I, you know, it is what it is, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't, it doesn't do it any favors. Fair. Fair. Yeah. 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 I'm so excited to talk about what we watched this week. Oh my goodness. (laughs) What'd you watch this week? Okay. I watched three things.
1: The first was a 2004 film called Napoleon Dynamite.
0: (gasps) Oh. I think that's the most overrated piece of... Anyways, go ahead. You know,
1: it's funny. I We grew up with it. It was... That movie that everyone referenced, that everyone talked about in high school. Oh, that I everyone, said Vote
0: Pedro as much as anyone else did. Absolutely. Everyone, even
1: people wore the Vote Pedro shirt. Yeah. Everyone had Get there your were very,
0: gosh. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> there were so many iconic lines that people overused. And I will fault people for that. I think that is just, it fatigued the film. But I rewatched it. I had not seen it in 10 plus years. And Friend of the Show Marshall recently-ish, a couple months ago, mentioned that he rewatched it and that it really held up. Not comedically, not in the ways that we watched it in high school, but artistically it held up. And I, I just said, hold the phone, what? And he said, yeah, like, here, check it out for these reasons. And I watched it, and I listened to reviews on it. And I gave Napoleon Dynamite an 8 out of 10. Not for the Good reasons... lord. Not for the reasons I would have given it an eight out of 10, 10 or 15 years ago, or when it came out. I think when I watched it, when it came out, I was not, I did not have an educated palette. I just laughed at the corniness. I laughed at the awkwardness. Watching it now, I really, really appreciated the artistic direction, decisions, dialogue characters. I think just everything from arti- like an artistic creation, I really picked up what they were laying down. Even just the aesthetics. I feel like this was, for me, the OG indie film. This was the first indie film that I remember, and I didn't even realize it was an indie film at the time, but this is absolutely what it is. And so... I really, I, I. It feels weird, and I, I need to discern that, like, it's not that I think the comedy is as funny as it was, or that it's as iconic as it was. I'm just talking like as a piece of art that someone had a vision, and that art holding up, and me viewing it from a different perspective now. I, I could not have been more pleased with it, and even just just the soundtrack and the music used the way it was. I, I really enjoyed it, even just that the closing when. Napoleon Dynamite gives his high five to his romantic interest. I was just like clapping at the screen. So Napoleon Dynamite, I gave an eight out of 10. And for not reasons, I would have thought if you had asked me 15 years ago. So I thought that was an interesting piece, piece of uh, piece of piece of, of development i was listening to a review of someone just as a side note he saw it eight times in theaters when he came out and it just is a reminder of the times like this was 2004 this person saw it eight times in theaters because he was worried it was so fringe that it might not get a dvd release so he saw it that many times in theaters but
0: that's funny i yeah that almost intrigues me to to give it a rewatch
1: and you have to rewatch it with the mindset of like, yes, there's some cringeworthy moments of maybe jokes haven't aged well or, you know, you can't, You have to watch it for the different reasons than when our generation watched it when it came out. Cause it's, right, okay. I feel like it's two completely different films if you've watched it from those perspectives. Right,
0: okay, all right.
1: Um, I watched two more things. They're a little bit, they're less revelations. I feel like Napoleon Dynamite was like, stick my flag in this and I have to talk about this. The other two, I I went on this kick of like just wanting a light movie where I didn't have to think could shovel in some popcorn and have a laugh. And they are very Emily. actually they're they're because of Emily Mater. Emily Mater had a pretty popular social media post where she said, "Hey, here's a bunch of uh 2000s movies. What are your favorite 3?" And because of me saying, oh, I've never seen, I've seen these ones and I've never seen these ones, it got our family, by that I mean my wife and I, to watch some of these movies. So I watched 2006's John Tucker Must Die. And I gave it a 6 out of 10. I gave it a 6 out of 10. I had such a good time watching this movie, and it's not Shakespeare, that's why it got a 6 out of 10, but I just, like, it maybe has an aged well, but... For a movie that's about getting revenge and and uh, demonizing a a jerky boyfriend, I felt like it had more depth than I was expecting. Where even the bad, like the jerky boyfriend, had a bit of like depth. And even though he was still a jerk, he was just more interesting on screen. And I had fun watching it. I had a hoot. It was fun, and it was just a fun flick. And at the end, I didn't care that it was done, and I walked away and had a good time. So John Tucker must die. And the other one, the last thing I watched, I watched 2004's Mean Girls. Had never seen it.
0: <gasps> You'd never seen Mean Girls. <laughs>
1: I've seen. I mean, I've seen clips because there's a lot of famous parts. There's like the is it the Amy Poehler like with the co- like the camcorder like yeah twerking in the audience. Like I've seen that and I've found Man, that Mean hilarious.
0: Girls is just iconic.
1: It is. It is. And um, I, th- <laughs> I think my favorite. Reference: There was a meme back in the Super Bowl when J Lo and A Rod were dating, and J Lo did the Super Bowl halftime show, and like A Rod was like in the audience, like with his phone and like taking pictures. And then there was a bunch of memes afterwards of like they took pictures of A Rod, put it next to Amy Poehler, and it was like both of them in the audience being awkward and whatever. Yeah, Mean Girls. I give it a five out of ten. It, I, it wasn't as enjoyable for me. It had a lot of stuff that I was just either like fine, maybe not as enjoyable, maybe cringy at times and for this sounds kind of silly for me to say but like the characters weren't as layered as maybe I was hoping for or at least as I found in John Tucker Must Die which is a comparable comparable okay. level film so it was a 5 out of 10 it was fine, I get why it's so famous there's a lot of famous characters in it, there's a lot of quotable lines, there's a lot of funny cringeworthy moments, a lot of famous people but uh, 5 out of 10 It's right down the middle there for me
0: Okay. What did you watch this week? Uh, Did we do an episode last week? We must not have. No, no, no. Uh, So I went to go see Titanic again.
1: You, ah, uh, and I, I ran into someone that you invited. Like I was invited because I was part of the group message and I just couldn't go a second time. But another, well, we could just use his name. I ran into Aaron Mader. Yep. And um, I think I just blankly told him like, hey, Sucks that you can't go. I literally would have gone again if I didn't have to work that day. So I am jealous that I didn't yeah. get to see it a second time.
0: Honestly, so I spent the last like week and a bit pretty <laughs> sick. Ugh. And had I not, I was forming plans <laughs> to see it again. <laughs> well, and the it's thing just, is- There's so many, there's like people, right? There's people who I'm like, oh, sure. you have to see this. Well, and the I thing have to for see me- it.
1: The thing for me is, I would go and see it by myself again, not even like, hey, social reasons, like I didn't see it with Joe, so I'm going to go see it with Joe. Like, kind of like with Napoleon Dynamite and the guy who saw it eight times because he wasn't sure if it was going to be released on DVD. Like, I don't know when the next time it will be released in theaters, if ever. So yeah, like it, get feels it while like you an, can. Yeah, it's like an opportunity that you can't really partake in all the time to see it in 3D, 4K, you know, so, Yeah. It's a special movie, and if you're passionate about it, this is the time. So good.
0: So good. Um, (laughs) We watched a movie called Knock at the Cabin. Interesting. Which is the new M. Night Shyamalan. It's got um, Dave Bautista and Jonathan Groff and Rupert Grint and um, (laughs) some other people in it. Oh yeah it's it's good I enjoyed it um I don't know Priyan didn't enjoy it as much as I did she was like I was okay um mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it I like really enjoyed it and-, and
1: I just I just want to know for context when you say you really enjoyed it are you a are you an m knight Shyamalanian? and b are you up to date on his films like just to, for context of how. I'm just curious if that is an influence. No, I
0: don't. I mean, you. I've seen some of them. I've okay, seen okay. some of them, and I'm not. Yep. Um, I, yeah, I've seen some yep. of them, and I'm yep. I'm not I'm I'm not you know a diehard. Yeah, fair um, enough. Yep. But I but I enjoy. You enjoy. I, yep. I enjoy them. Um, but it was good, and and it keeps you guessing, and it. it yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happens. And you don't you spend the whole film not really knowing what's if if what's being suggested is happening is actually happening or not. Hmm. Um. Kind of up until the end. Oh. When you find out, okay, what what is real and what isn't. Um. And it's just hmm. it's just a really fascinating. It's just fascinating the way that it sort of plays out.
1: From my understanding and I think this is just common knowledge it's not a spoiler it's like I think it's it's pretty intense isn't it like it's something like saving the world and like It is yeah your so basically yeah like
0: the, so the premise from the trailers is um that there's you know there's this couple and their child who are at you know some vacation home in the woods they've like rented a cottage <laughs> and while they're there four people show up and sort of hold them captive And give them the option where, you know, amongst the three of them, they must decide to sacrifice one of the other, like between the couple and the kid. Mm. They must decide to sacrifice and kill one of them or else the world is going to end. Ugh. right like they have to do it in order to prevent the apocalypse is mm. is what these four who have shown up are Claim. suggesting right. yeah. yeah and so it's it's all about like is that so you sp- you spend the whole film kind of not quite sure whether that's true or not hmm. you know like you start off and you're like wow of, like of course it's not true Mm-hmm. Uh, but then things kind of start to happen and you're like i don't know what i don't <laughs> know what, what i know anymore right and it's yeah it's fascinating it's really fascinating
1: i i really want to watch it and i'll let you continue but i i feel like just it would be very uncomfortable because it's kind of like the whole abraham sacrificing your child theme mixed with like there was that movie with um Oh, what's his name? But like Cloverfield Lane or some such. Where, yeah, I, I can, I can imagine that this is quite the film that's it keeps you engaged because the whole time you're guessing, and it yeah. probably knowing M Night Shyamalan, there's quite a, quite a reveal.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. Finally, last but not least, and I, I, I can already, I already know your response as soon as I say this. Even though you may not say it out loud, inside your head, Pete's going to go, oh, you SOB. <laughs> you son of a gun.
1: What? I don't know what this
0: is going to be. Last night, we watched National Treasure.
1: Oh, <laughs> nice. That's good. And it's
0: just so good. Like It's it, so we, much
1: better than the show.
0: Oh, we paused it so many times, and that was exactly, that was exactly our sentiment. I bet like, you
1: probably like paused the show and hugged each other and like were in tears saying oh, how much it better was it was. It was just
0: like, it was like they've, uh, he's earned it. Yeah. He's, he earns it. He earns <laughs> oh, his, man. his passion for the treasure. Mm-hmm. It's been this yep. child, you know, since he was a child and his, his grandfather mm-hmm. tells him the story. It's mm-hmm. kind of his birthright in so many ways. Yep. And you know, when, when Peter Sudeski is like listing off, he's, he's there talking <laughs> to, to, you know, future wannabe crime Lord, FBI agent guy. And they're talking about, you know, like, Oh, who is this Ben Gates guy? And they're like listing, you know, Oh, he's got a, a, a bachelor's in American history at this university. He's got a, a degree in engineering at MIT. He's got, and it's like, yes, yes. <laughs> he's not just mm-hmm. some 18 year old with superpowers. Right. Who's able to go? Like, oh well, here's the answer. Right. He's while Uh. they're on the Charlotte, and he's trying to he's trying to like figure out the riddle about iron pen, like fifty five men and iron pen, and all of this stuff. And he's like figuring it out, and he's talking out loud, and he's making mistakes. He's going, "Ah, no, that's stupid. That's stupid. And he like starts over and like backtracks, and he goes, it was it was iron. It was it was firm. It was Mm. you know like. And it's just like, it's just, it's bought, you buy it. The stuff that Riley's doing, Riley has to, <laughs> he's got to go into the, you know, if he wants surveillance of the, of the air, the restoration area for the declaration, he has to break into the subway, like into a, a like telecommunications hub that, you know, that you can access via the subway because everything's run mm-hmm. underground and fiber <laughs> optics and stuff and, right. like, fish a line up through this thing and, like, tap onto these connections. And and then he's got to leave some hardware there so that he can relay that information back to his laptop wirelessly. He's not mm-hmm. just like, oh, I'm, I'm 17 and I've got a Facebook account. I'm going to hack into something. <laughs> like, right. oh, it's just oh so, gosh... And then just the payoff, man, the payoff at the end of the movie when, you know, even before they find the treasure, when they're in like this, this, this sort of in between room Mm with what they think was the treasure room, but the treasure has been taken. And Ben's like disappointed as all get out. And he's like, you know, dad, you were right. And, and John Voight's character is like, no, no, this room is real. (laughs) And that means that the treasure's real. Mhm. And we're in this room because you found what they left behind for us to find and you understood what it meant and you, you blah blah blah. And this dad who's been like the biggest naysayer and the you know it's how, he says at one point he says I've I've wasted 20 years of my life and now you've destroyed yours. And so even the dad for a while, was on this treasure hunt before he quote unquote came to his senses, right? And he's been like dead set against all of this. And Ben goes like, you know, I just, I just really thought I was going to find the treasure. And the dad looks at him and says, "Okay, then we'll keep looking." <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like tearing up. I'm like, mm. it's it's they've built into into this like treasure hunting epic. They've mm. built in this father son story. That mm-hmm. is tear-jerking, and it's just yeah. ah, so freaking good. I
1: think what also I clued in on my most recent watch was how much the antagonist Bor... I just almost called him Boromir. Sean Bean pays... No, no, Boromir.
0: Yep. Boromir pays... Or whoever he right? plays in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Someone who I, must I, die.
1: He really, really fuels this movie. You know, he is so oh, yeah. strong an actor and strong a character that... um Without him, it's not as strong a film. It's still probably a good film, but he 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 really works at well, fueling just, the character's process.
0: You just like, you know, when... What I like in this is that even though there are three opposing parties, mm-hmm. there's Ian and his team, there's Ben and his team, and then there's the FBI. Yeah. And sure. even though they're all against each other they respect each other and they, (laughs) they appreciate like they can appreciate when the other side outsmarts them. Right. Mm -hmm. So like when Ben, when (laughs) Ben saves Abigail from the back of the catering truck Mm. and Ian thinks he's got the declaration, but what he's really got is a poster. Mm -hmm. He says (laughs) out loud, he says, well done Gates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's not even mad. He's just like, yeah, he's like, good uh, job. Yeah, yep. and so there's that, and then when there's sort of this like you know Ben's wearing a wire. He's been apprehended by the FBI, and he's wearing a wire, and he's supposed to meet Ian in broad daylight out on that like aircraft carrier, and mm. and then they kind of rescue Ben, and Ben gets away underwater. Sadesky says, you know, like he 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 stood us up. Smart fish. <laughs> Like it yep. just like they they <laughs> they pulled one over on us. They they you know I thought I had everything in place that I needed to have in place, and he got away. Mm-hmm. And it just yeah. oh, there's just I, I can't I can't say enough about it. There's just so much heart to it. After they find the treasure and they're sitting there in Trinity Church, and Ben Gates calls Peter Sadowski to come. Right, and he's like I I I have no reason to run anymore. Mm-hmm. And he hands Peter Sudesky the Declaration of Independence, and he says, "You realize that you, you've just handed over your biggest bargaining chip." And <laughs> Nicolas Cage says, "The Declaration of Independence is not a bargaining chip, not hmm. to me." And he's just like Ben is such a patriot, like he's you such a—he's just such a. Oh, oh, it's so freaking good! Screw <laughs> anyone who doesn't like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Screw them. <laughs> so good.
1: Well, in this movie, anyway. Yeah,
0: and then I've started watching Mandalorian season three. Oh, nice! That's nice. And and our review, our review. By the time this episode drops, our review, mine and Carl's review of episode one of season three, nice. will be out. And about s- out and about. So there's that. Yeah, that's it. Very cool. That's it. Send us off, sir. Well, thank
1: you so much for joining us. Whether it's that you just love the Scream series and that's why you're here, whether you're a regular listener, whether you're a listener and also a Patreon supporter, we thank all our Patreon supporters. If you want to join our Patreon, check out the link below. It's ways for us to give you some goodies. It's ways for you to help. Ways for you to help us keep the lights on, keep the bills paid, and uh, yeah, we just uh, we give you some perks back for doing so. Uh, bonus shows. Uh, the occasional video stream uh, bonus votes um, just check it out it's it's worth a click and uh, if you haven't done so already please like follow subscribe we love hearing a good rate and review wherever you're listening from us and uh, tune in next time whether it's our next review of Scream the next movie news the next uh, the Disney or MCU property that uh, Brady and Carl are talking about come, come give us a listen I yep <laughs> Hmm. Or let me really review Stab Seven. Yep.
0: Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> I that's I don't know what else to say, man. I, I <laughs> hashtag National Treasure Three. That's, that's all I could say. I'm like I don't know. I'm just on this train. I just want to go watch the second one now. Do it. Oh, I just want to see it so bad. National Treasure Three. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs>